to episode 10 of Slaytanic Verkast, the internet's only comprehensive chronological retrospective of the world's greatest thrash band, the mighty Slayer. Each week, we dissect a track from their back catalogue by playing through the song, analysing the lyrics and giving a final appraisal. I'm Mo from France, and to my west, broadcasting from a civil service human sacrifice facility in Cambridge is Dr. Liquescence. How are you, Doc? I am in a wonderful mood. I'm in my spiritual home where um, bureaucracy um, and subhuman atrocity come together. Mm. How could I be happier? Mm. You do like um, atrocities, don't you? It's one of your defining features, I find. Um, Atrocity, bureaucracy, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I, I've both for business and pleasure, um, I've managed to be present in the world um, mm-hmm. during many of the most appalling atrocities. Um, <laughs> of, 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 <laughs> That's a bold um, claim, Doc. Um, yeah. So, I mean, um, I want one of the worst ones, uh, one of the ones that um, left the most horrifying scar um, on my psyche um, was the defeat of England in the 1996 European Cup. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, By the the evil Germans. Yeah. And I mean, I I, I still, um, with emotions in equal parts, um, loathing and sympathy, Mm. um, I still wake up in a sweat with Gareth Southgate's face looming in front of me. Mm. For me... That tournament is epitomized in my in my most horrifying dreams by the the outstretched boot of one Mr. Paul Gascoigne, mere inches from a ball that would have seen us into the finals against the Czech Republic and onto certain victory, I would say, Doc. God damn those Germans. <laughs> yeah, I mean I, I, Apparently, um, I, I, so I've heard um, other um, nationalities in, in other parts of Europe have got some sort of bone to pick with Germans. Never understood it myself. No. Can't, can't, can't quite understand. I can't think why. Um, but, um, you know, that, that, that business in the summer of 1996, unforgivable. Mm, um, absolutely. When, when, when power is mine... Yes. When power is mine, revenge shall also be mine. I think it's the worst thing Germany has ever done. That's my opinion. And I'm going to lay it on the line. I am uh, so, manic today, Doc. I feel, I feel manic, proper manic. My cyclothymia, I think you called it as my physician, is in full bloom and I feel ready to do something absolutely crazy. I want to go and smash things up. I want to punch somebody in the face. I want to cause damage, mayhem, and chaos. As my physician, why are the drugs not working, Dr. L? Um, As to why, uh, I don't know and care less, but once the drugs stop working, then suicide is the only way out. (laughs) Oh Oh, my word. And I thought... I was in a bleak mood. Something else I've been doing today, Doc. I've been doing battle with a fucking smoke alarm. Have you have, have you ever experienced this? When when 
your smoke alarm becomes your enemy. Um, I was once in very inexpensive rented accommodation um, in one of those horrible infested Victorian slums that have about 12 foot high ceilings and are impossible to get warm. Mm. And the smoke alarm was affixed in the middle of the ceiling and it kept going off. Um, and there literally wasn't enough furniture that I would trust to bear my weight to drag into the middle of the room to pile up so I could stand on it and somehow mm-hmm. get to the smoke alarm and disable it somehow. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, between the smoke alarm and the damp and the extreme cold and the insects um, and the violent couple next door, um, I didn't manage to get much sleep that night. No, my smoke alarm today has been tormenting me ever since I foolishly fried some cod in breadcrumbs. What an idiot I am. Never mind. Um, Should we get started, Doc, on the episode proper? (laughs) Um, Corrections for today. Last time we were talking with some confidence that was (laughs) unduly placed, as it turns out, about the, the, the movie Coma. And we were saying that this was a Michael Crichton film based on a on a Michael Crichton novel. This was incorrect, my good friend. Yeah, I'm going to put my hand up here. Um, I was there um, lying along with you, evidently, and I, mm-hmm. I, I was saying with a, a little authority and a little confidence in my voice um, that um, it was um, both written and directed by Michael Crichton. Mm-hmm. Um, so what what was our error? Well, I agreed with you. What I thought it error? was totally correct. Um, I would have... You know, if that had been the million, the million pound question on who wants to be a millionaire, I would have staked everything on it being Michael Crichton. It was wrong. The novel Coma was written by Robin Cook. No, not that one. The American one, the author one. The film was directed by Michael Crichton, but he was not responsible oh. for the plot. Isn't that remarkable? It is remarkable, and I just have to sort of chime in at this point and say, um, I believe what I'm about to say to be true. I will check it, and I will confess fully in the errata in the next episode if I'm wrong. But um, wasn't Robin Cook the Labour politician? Um, Didn't he do a short stint as um, Minister for Health? He was, yes. The the, the, the most unhealthy looking <laughs> member of the British population was briefly yeah. the health minister, and, quite right. And more to the point, um, the namesake of a man who appears to have made his name writing evil hospital books. <laughs> Absolutely correct. Now, you're talking about um, the, the books that Robin Cook wrote. Now, what I'm going to do now, a little bit self-indulgently, I'm going to reel off the title of every book that Robin Cook has written. I'm not going to give the, the, the dates because then it becomes too long-winded. I'm just going to hit you with title after title after title. Are you ready for this, Doc? I am. Here we go. So we're going to start in 1977 and progress forwards. 1977, Coma, Sphinx, Brain... <laughs> Fever, <laughs> God player, mind bend, outbreak, mortal fear. Wait for this one. Mutation, harmful intent, 
vital <laughs> signs, terminal, fatal cure. What a brilliant name that is. Fatal cure, <laughs> acceptable risk, invasion. I think this might be my favorite. Toxin, abduction, <laughs> shock, seizure, death benefit. Isn't that a strange one? Death benefit. That, maybe that replaced the job seekers allowance briefly in the early noughties. Um, <laughs> nano, sell, <coughs> host, and then his, his most recent book, hilariously called Charlatans. What, what, a, what a bunch of words, man. Absolutely <laughs> sensational. The naming scheme How? of a genius, I would say. How many of those titles could have been either Eurothrash um, or hardcore bands from the late 80s? Um, I mean, um, doesn't Acceptable Risk sound like a straight-edge hardcore band? Acceptable Risk, certainly. Yes, I would say Harmful Intent would be a hardcore band as well. I don't know what you think about that. Um, um, harmful intent. I, I, I sort of imagine being uh, more, more, more in style with deadly blessings. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Deadly blessing. My uh, God, yes. Deadly blessing. Jesus uh, Christ. What no, a load of shit. Yes. It's one of those names that people think seems terribly threatening and sinister when they first dream it up. But um, when you actually see it written in like dripping blood uh, lettering on, on in the support slot of a poster or something, Whoever thought that was a good name for a band? Deadly Blessing. Um, if you remember, the first track starts with just an am amazing vocal line that just goes, Here I am. <laughs> it starts it starts at one hits 10 and then it's got nowhere to go man it's absolutely sensational a deadly blessing i haven't thought about those guys for 25 years doc thanks thanks for reminding were they, me were they the band who did the death death in the afternoon song <laughs> death in the afternoon i think that might have been i think it's, it's another german band Another German thrash band. I want to say they're called Deadlock, but I could be wrong. <laughs> I could be wrong. <laughs> oh, man. I want to read every single one of those books, Doc, and I don't give a shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> the topic for today, let's get serious now. We've, we've, we've had our fun. Let's get serious. Talk to me, Doc about your favourite album cover. What could it be? It doesn't have to be metal. What could it be? Oh, my goodness. Um, it's the album. I can never remember the name of the album, and I always have to ask you. Um, uh, once again, it's one of those album covers um, that's just stuck in my head for a really long time, and it's the one with the demons floating in the vortex. No way, because that is exactly the one that I was going to pick as well. My God. Yeah. Don't worry. I have a backup. You talk about that one. Um, well, you talk us through that for a couple of minutes. The, 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 the album cover that the, the, the good doctor is referring to there is um, kind of mid-80s American thrash titans who strangely only really uh, produced one one really, really good album. But it's, it, it is, it's a 10 out of 10. And that is Massacre. Um, and the album is called From Beyond. It is 
it, 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 I mean, it, it's just, it's, it's a perfect slab of American thrash metal. It's, it's absolutely extraordinary, but the album cover itself is hilarious. Uh, <laughs> it, it's one of the most garish things I've ever, I've ever had the misfortune to look at. Um, it's bright blue to start with, which is a strange colour if you're trying to be demonic to make it bright blue, like like clear daylight. It's a strange choice. <laughs> and then floating, <laughs> floating in the middle of the blueness, in the middle of the bright blueness, are two or three purple demons it's, it's genuinely <laughs> extraordinary stuff i love it so much just just a glimpse of it just cheers it, it doesn't matter how how terrible i feel in life just one glimpse of the album cover and i feel so much better from massacre from beyond guys go check it out it's brilliant i believe this is only half of the story uh, I, I'm, I'm going to use this as, as, as the lead into my album story, uh, to, to my album cover story, because the stories happened on the same day. We were record shopping um, with a very good friend of ours who um, was desperate to obtain a vinyl copy of this album. And he found one, but he was bitterly disappointed because... What he held in his hands was clearly a re-release because instead <laughs> of having purple demons in a blue vortex, <laughs> it had pink demons. It had brown demons in a pink vortex. Oh, God. What a catastrophe. Yes, absolutely. Unacceptable. Totally unacceptable. <laughs> but this leads in beautifully to my contribution. And, you know, uh, I was considering talking about albums such as... Um, Close to the Edge by Yes, mm -hmm. um, Mask by Bauhaus. Um, I was also considering talking about um, Being Caught Buttering by Pungent Stench. Oh, yes. Um, and yeah, there's, there's, there's some pretty classy album covers um, in amongst that lot. Um, but in the end, I couldn't resist a story that ties into the same day because the other album that our acquaintance bought was the first released by Merciless on Death Like Silence Productions. <laughs> and it's, oh my goodness. Uh, if, you wished, if you wished an album cover to sum up the crude but undeniably effective art contained within the album itself, you couldn't do better than what looks like um, a black felted pen sketch of what I assume is meant to be a long-haired skull wearing a Viking helmet. <laughs> Are you familiar with this one? Oh, yeah, it, it, it rings a bell. It, 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 merciless. It, it, it does ring a bell. I, I can see it in my mind. You know, I think what this question reveals is that very often when metal bands are trying to be scary... <laughs> inadvertently they just end up being very very funny um, i love it i, I really love a, a bad good metal cover i fucking love it doctor what about you yeah there's an album cover by dark throne and depending on what mood i'm in i can either find it genuinely chilling <laughs> or unintentionally hilarious and it's the one and all the black metal um, people are going to be after my blood for not knowing this. Um, <clears throat> where one of the members of the band, I suspect Fenris, 
um, is kind of coming round the garden gate, um, clutching a candelabra. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, if you catch me in the right mood, um, it can really look like a hideous spirit of the wilderness that has just sort of come out of the forest. Um, and it's, it's, it's got its hand on, on the garden gate of, of, of some unsuspecting householder. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's there to enter his room and, and, and take his soul or something. But if you catch me in another mood, it looks like a bad snapshot of some guy from the band um, caked in corpse paint um, with the decorative candlestick that presumably he's got from the middle of the family dining room um, and sort of coming coming around the gate of his own garden, snarling and trying to look scary. Yeah, and yeah. And it's um, the equivalent of one of those pieces of op art that um, looks completely different depending on what angle you approach it from. And in equal parts, um, I can find it hilariously amateurish and demonically intimidating. Sure, I agree. I agree. It 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 depends on perspective, it depends on point of view, and depends on the mood. But no matter what, anybody listening to this should instantly go to Google and type in "Repulsion" album title, "Horrified." Go and look at that. It will cheer you up no end. Shall we move on, Doc? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you remember that Before one, mate. Before I die. Welcome to part two of the show. Here, we play the track, pause it from time to time to discuss what we are listening to, and generally just get our thrash on. Don't forget, you can contact us on Twitter at Vercast or on email at slatanicvercast at gmail.com to tell us why we are wrong. This week's song is track 10 from Show No Mercy, entitled, cunningly enough, Show No Mercy. Here we go. to hear the drums doc absolutely fabulous one of the things i've been disappointed about on this album i've really really enjoyed this album in general but one of the things i've been disappointed about is the absence of dave's genius but here we go we've got a bit of dave to listen to what do you think um yeah it's um it's quite remarkable um we've been through the whole spectrum of drum production on this album now haven't we um we've been we've we've had a couple of tracks where um i've suspected they haven't even had enough microphones to mic to 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 mic up the whole kit mm-hmm. um, we've had at least one track where it sounds like the the drum set is composed of one drum yeah um and i, I don't even know what i'd classify that drum as it's just a bangy thing mm-hmm. with a man banging it sure um but no um, here we've got some some actual proper production on the drums. Um, it's uh, it's a chance for Dave to shine. What I like about it, Doc, and I hope you understand what I mean when I say this. When I listen to the drums here, I can hear the room in which it is recorded. Does that make any sense to you? It makes perfect sense, and it'll lead us into um, a, a bit of a debate or a, a bit of a discussion 
um, about what kind of production styles people like and what kind of production styles are contemporary. Um, I very much like um, live feeling production. Mm -hmm. We've mentioned this before, but what other people call production values don't impress me or don't bother me um, a very great deal. Um, I know there are many, many people who greatly like um, the modern style of producing extreme music with a lot of drums being punched in um, and um, a lot of separation um, and making full use of the battery of equipment at the recording engineer's disposal. Mm -hmm. um, those people have every right to enjoy that stuff and they have every right to say it's better than the kind of production that I like. I'm not trying to defend myself particularly. I'm not trying to say that anybody else is wrong. What I'm basically saying is I'm not really interested in having the discussion about it. Um, I like um, a very live sounding production um, and to loop it right the way back round to what you just said, I really like the fact that you can hear the room. I think so. I think so. My favourite um, production <coughs> style definitely comes from, you know, early 80s up to maximum mid 90s. After that, I find extreme music production that they just compress the fuck out of everything and every band ends up sounding the same. Let's press on. We're in a different style, aren't we now, Doc? You know, last week was very much kind of New Album in inspired. Um, here, it's full on thrash, isn't it? This is a full on heads down thrasher. Yes, it is. Um, so this is something else I should probably save a fuller discussion of until the end of season roundup. But um, right at the beginning, one of the things I had in mind about Slayer was the oft repeated um, truism, as it were, that Slayer are one of the first thrash bands to ever be really influenced by hardcore. Mm -hmm. um, it's a piece of wisdom that everyone quote unquote knows, everyone sort of takes as fact, that the band have said themselves on many occasions that they were as influenced by hardcore as metal. I've always struggled to hear it. I've always struggled to hear it um, in um, any particular Slayer recordings. And I'm equally struggling to hear it on most of this album. There was an earlier track um, which had some distinct discharge and crass influences. Mm -hmm. um, this one, I think, um, is sort of from the same era. Uh, I don't think it's so much hardcore as, as, as old punk. Um, and it's almost like they've sort of um, taken taken a bit of a stroll west, um, so that they've 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 gone from um, West Ham where they were last week, and that they've they've taken a little stroll west, and and that they've 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 gone a bit north, mm -hmm. um, or gone a bit south, in fact. And I, I I sort of think they're in Hammersmith this week. Sure. Well, um, are we talking uh, Sex Pistols, The Clash, etc.? I was explicitly I, I was expressly thinking about the clash. Mm. I think that intro with the drums um, and the opening chords, um, I don't think that would be out of place on the first clash album at all. 
I agree. I think there's no doubt that um, Miss, uh, Mrs. King and Hanneman had a little bit of a penchant for a bit of British punk. Let's keep going. I can't It's high energy stuff. Um, I mean, it, I suppose, you know, if, if, if there's a criticism, it could be, you know, it's a bit kind of a bit kind of one note, a bit a bit obvious. But at the same time, I think this is the first track of this album, which is really has this kind of level of intensity and just and, and gen, just sense of fury, really. I really like it so far. So do I. Mm. Um so let's listen to the next bit, mm -hmm. um, because there's a couple of conclusions forming in my mind. And I need to hear a bit more song before mm -hmm. I can completely consolidate them. Sure, let's go. relentless you know the, the, the i don't think they're going to slow the pace we, we're halfway through the song we, 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 we've got a cracking uh, jeff solo going on there um absolutely fabulous um yeah for me just a straight ahead simple thrash classic basically that's what i'm getting so far how about you doc sure um Dave predictably gets buried in the mix mm -hmm. really quite early on. Um, the vocals are very high in the mix. Mm -hmm. Do you not think? I, I agree. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Again, we've got this. The, 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 one of the things we've identified throughout this album is, is the like the disparity between all the, the the mixes on all of the songs. Really, I don't think there are two songs that were recorded with with exactly the same mix. No. Um, and this, we've discussed many times, there could be any number of reasons for this. Mm -hmm. um, I'm perfectly happy to imagine it's an album that was recorded over quite a long period of time when the band had the money and the motivation to go to a studio and record a song. Mm -hmm. um, and I think you can probably guess the precise condition of the band's bank account that month um, by listening to the song, you're right. They recorded. <laughs> That's funny. Yes, you're right. Yeah. So the, the, the you know the, that that track that we really really disliked, both of us, that was probably um, you know when 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 they were at their poorest, effectively. Well, that track has become much more interesting in um, once I've stopped having to listen to the blasted thing. Mm. Um, there there are parts, there are individual parts of the production that were quite polished. Mm -hmm. But what was so jarring about it? Um, it wasn't that um, it wasn't that they weren't making decisions. They were making decisions, and I, I think they were getting the sounds they wanted. Yeah. But they were making very bad decisions. Yeah. We're talking about the final command 
by the way, for anybody who missed that episode. Um, should, we, should we press on and see what happens next? This must have absolutely slammed it live. I can imagine them playing this live. I've never heard them play this song live. I don't think, um, but th- this must have this must have kicked it. This is one of the songs that you can really easily imagine was responsible from um, was responsible for Slayer live shows getting their reputation for appalling levels of violence. Mm-hmm. Total intensity. Um, you, I can imagine a mosh pit here that, that, you know, just off the scale, just people kicking the living shit out of each other, you know. But, you know, it, 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 it's all kind of, um, you know, you if you step into a Slayer mosh pit, you, you know, you, you kind of, you, you, you bring it on yourself, don't you, effectively? Oh, absolutely. And I, I mean, no, nobody goes to a Slayer live show without knowing what to expect. And certainly mm-hmm. nobody goes up the front um, expecting to be able to lean on the barriers and bounce up and down and nod their head a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's, it's sort of one of those things that people know about the world, um, yeah. is that the, the, the mosh pit of a Slayer live show is, is barbaric gladiatorial carnage. stops doc i was wondering where are the stops there are the stops that's the answer um to follow on from what you were saying previously such as the emotionally evocative power of the song i'm used to olfaction being able to arouse emotions in me it's not very often that some other sense arouses an olfactory memory um listening to the song fills my nostrils with that that very very unique smell you know the one i'm talking about um of a mixture of testosterone, sweat, cheap lager, mm-hmm. cheap cigarettes, sure. and something else yeah. that you you only get at an overcrowded, unregulated, lightly secured um, mid-sized metal show. Yeah, no, you're right. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. That smell is kind of a, 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 a indescribable, but unmistakable. Let's finish off. So there we go. That is the final track from Slayer's debut album, Show No Mercy. Track 10, Show No Mercy. Initial thoughts, Doc. Hit me. Point number one. 
Um, at the end of the previous track um, that we looked at, we both agreed that it had an elegiac quality to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it seemed a determined goodbye from our friend Slayer to that style. With this, the last track on the album, um, I believe this to be placed intentionally as a statement of intent. Mm-hmm. Um, the pre- track number nine was, we're done with that style, and this is what we're going to do next. I totally, totally agree. I think the, the, the position on the album is, 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 is in no way an accident. Also, the end of the, the... That last 10 seconds, for me, I'd forgotten about it. It's really, really interesting because it literally echoes what happens at the start of their next full album. Um, It is, you know, they end album one with the outro that could directly bleed into the intro to album two. Um, I think it's fascinating. A very, it's an audacious decision. So what you're saying is, um, if I had, if it had been a time in history where I could have acquired both the first two Slayer albums mm-hmm. and dubbed them onto each side of a C90 cassette, mm-hmm. um, because I, I think we're at about the 40 minute mark. Yeah, um, I could have put the cassette into the cassette player um, in whatever whatever cassette player in whatever vehicle I was able to afford at the time. Sure. And being unable to consult the track list or even to check when the uh, auto reverse had flipped the tape over. Mm-hmm. I could literally go from the end of the first album to the beginning of the second album and not even notice a, 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 a transition. I think you would notice a transition, but that's only because the 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 the, the first track on Hello Waits, their second album, which is you know, of course, I'm sure everybody knows the the, the track is called Hello Waits. The introduction starts with kind of a gradual build up. But ultimately, it has exactly the same kind of intonation and atmosphere and vibe as that outro. So I think you would notice a transition. Um, but thematically, they are clearly, clearly linked. And it's obviously deliberate. Fascinating. Yeah. Um, got so much to say about this um, this track um, as a track in its own right and as a track on this album and mm-hmm. as a portent to the future. Um, people who are not into metal um, and can only hear the noise or the offensive lyrics yeah. um, have a great deal of difficulty um, or sometimes end up laughing at me when I try to explain that um, metal has, um, has, has, has got soul, mm-hmm. um, by which I mean it is capable of touching you um, in emotional places um, that other people find themselves touched by other, by, by, by the genre of music. Sure. By their preferred genre of music, uh, whether it's um, songs from musical theatre um, or the kind of music that is more often described as soul music. Mm-hmm. Um, take your pick. Um, choose your poison. Superficially, this is a song that sounds very straight ahead, um, rather colourless, mm-hmm. um, there are no significant tempo changes, no significant time changes. There are the Slayer stops mm-hmm. that we've talked about. But there's a unique ability that the members of Slayer have to work together to produce things that are greater than the sum of the parts. Um, they're one of the great indivisible bands. And I know they did have some lineup changes later on. 
but at their best moments, um, no other band and three out of the same four people would not be capable of producing the same emotional intensity um, and the same level of immersion. Mm-hmm. Um, all the time that song was playing, um, even before you brought the subject up, I was there in the pit at the live show with a smell on my nose. Um, and it occurred to me suddenly why I like the style of production so much, because the slightly muffled, slightly bangy, natural reverb style of the production emulates exactly the point you get to in a live show when you've been too damn near the speakers and you've probably actually been punched in the head a few mm. too many times mm. and your hearing actually begins to pack up. Mm-hmm. You know that moment? Of course, yes. You know, you, 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 you start <coughs> to feel a little bit kind of um, disorientated, really. The mu- you know, the, 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 the music is overpowering the... You know, the, 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 the presence of other bodies near to you, pressing against you, the heat is overpowering. It, 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 it's a sensory assault, unlike anything, really, that, that, that you'd experience in times of peace, you know? I always think of it as the closest that <clears throat> relatively civilised people such as us um, get to, in terms of the the borderline psychedelic or borderline out-of-body experiences that people describe in tribal rituals Mm -hmm. where you consume herbs or mushrooms um, that have a certain effect, you dance too much, you don't drink enough, you get too hot, Mm -hmm. um, you inhale toxic fumes. um, And the mushrooms by themselves might make you hallucinate, but they, they wouldn't give you the completely transportative out-of-body experience where at the best metal shows you are simultaneously in there at the front and then you you almost have a a teleological view you can almost look down on the whole thing Mm -hmm. um, as if from height yeah no i agree Uh, listen you know listen up graham Graham hancock forget the ayahuasca go see some slayer man that that would be my advice (laughs) so that's me on this track do you have any uh any comeback from that I don't want to use the phrase statement of intent because I think, I think we've used that too many times. To me, it's more like a threat, you know, you know, they're, they're, it's a warning. This is what's coming. Brace yourselves world. This is what's coming next. And I for one can't fucking wait. Should we move on to the lyrics doc? I think we should. Let's do it. Welcome to part three of the show, Evil Speak. Here, we read through and dissect the lyrics that Tom is generally screaming in our faces. So, here goes. Through the night we ride through hell, towards the night we ride. From the depths of hell to Mary, parts we're in his night. Rope around the endless wall, house merely must. Word from the gates of hell, all say we trust. Through the night, we rise in pairs. Lords at night, we ride. From the depths of hell's domain, reborn to reign this night. Roam throughout the endless wars, hold high his name we must. Warriors from the gates of hell in Lord Satan. <laughs> oh, I nearly, I nearly got there. I nearly got there, Doc. I nearly got there <laughs> without that I nearly got there, but a mention of Satan is always going to make me chuckle. <laughs> in Lord Satan we 
trust. Okay, what do we think? <laughs> um, I am trying not to recapitulate and have to go over um, my previous gibberings on the subject of homosexual panic in Slayer lyrics. Yes. Oh, good, good. But, oh, good. Well, the, the gays are back. The gays are back in Doc's mind. Good. When you give me a line such as, through the night we rise in pairs, lords at night we ride. I sure. can't get away from it. Sure. I can't get um, the, They're teasing you, aren't they? They're teasing you, aren't they, Doc? There's an adequate response to that couplet and it's queer as fuck. <laughs> um, the listeners um, who might have forgotten or might not have listened to the relevant <coughs> episode, um, I have, I, I appear to have developed a bit of a preoccupation um, with um, seeing, I don't think homoerotic, um, but homosexual content, intentional mm-hmm. or otherwise, in Slayer lyrics, mm-hmm. um, both, both spiritual and mundane. Um, there's a couple of songs which, in my opinion, maybe not in Moe's, um, discuss the experience of um, possibly for the first time when you're very young, um, being lost in the big city, possibly in the gay district, certainly in a perceived to be dangerous or bad part of town um, where something might happen to you. Um, and we're, we're sort of revisiting um, the same thing here. Um, can you think of an explanation is in no way homosexual to account for the lines, through the night we rise in pairs, lords at night we ride, do your best, Matt. I mean, lords, I mean, that's the word, that, that's the word that, you, that, that you're kind of uh, focusing on there, is the word lords, <laughs> which well, is fabulously pe- evocative. Um, yeah. I, 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 no, I mean, I, now, we have to establish, this is written by Kerry King, um, the words are by Kerry King. We can probably guess that by the fact that they're not very good. So we, we, we can guess that they're written by Kerry. Um, and I know, I, 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 the word lords, I think he's using it to evoke kind of like a doom-like, the, the video game doom, a doom-like, kind of like barren of hell or, you know, you know kind of hell demon kind of image in, in 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 the listener's mind i don't think i don't think that kerry for one second <laughs> was trying to kind of evoke you know like ymca by by the village people kind of vibes doc i love your brain i love your brain doc but no i don't quite agree um let's press on from the depths of hell's domain, reborn to reign this night. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm, go- I'm going to quote you. I'm going to quote you from an earlier episode. Um, I'm going to answer myself. What's the meaning of this pairs? I think it's about a demon and another demon. <laughs> yeah, it's fabulous. I mean, it, 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 for, for me, this is just so fabulously kind of one note. Um, it could only come from the mind of Kerry King. Um, it, 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 
it's about it's, it's about a couple of demons <laughs> you know we, we're, we're back <laughs> we're back again a, st- a song about a couple of demons man <laughs> god bless Kerry King I fucking love it go on go on doc move on We've got some. We've, we've just got some genius coming up now. Um, <laughs> roam throughout the endless wars. Hold high his name. We must now here from the gates of hell. Sorry, Doc. Here we have another example of Kerry using kind of interesting grammatical structure just to force the rhyme. Basically, do you remember? Yes. In, in an earlier episode, I really loved a line where where, where he did this kind of same thing kind of overtly, not overtly, but kind of over-the-top grammatical structure just to make the rhyme work. And, and we have another great example. Hold high his name, we must. What a great line. I've, I've got absolutely no problem. I imagine some grammar pedants or, oh, whisper it quietly, people in the poetry might have a bit of a problem with it. I'm neither of those things, so I don't care. Poetry is not my personal favourite um, expression um, of skill and ability in the English language. <clears throat> um, so if I had to sort of rank them in order, um, to the surprise of probably nobody, um, I put drama highest, um, I put prose, meaning novels, second, mm. Um and poetry comes after that. Mm-hmm. Not an expert. Um, never enjoyed poetry as much as novels or plays. Sure. Um, probably never invested the amount of time I should to really understand it properly. Mm. Um, passingly familiar with my Shelley and my Byron. Passingly familiar with my um, my Keats and Yeats. Um, know a bit more about my T.S. Eliot. And if I was sat down and forced to write a poem... Um, I would probably end up doing as much violence to the English language um, as Mr. King does here. Yeah. Um, It's... What does he mean, Doc, by the endless wars, roam throughout the endless wars? What's what's he talking about? Is this this the battle between heaven and hell? Is that the the invocation? No, it's... um, I think um, it's a, a thematic consistency... Um, in Slayer lyrics and maybe even in Kerry King lyrics, mm. which is something we've also discussed before. And this notional, this, this notional idea that um, there is only one war. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an explicit reference in an earlier track on this album that um, any war that's happening at the moment is actually fought between what are essentially the, the, the resurrected spirits or maybe even the, the resurrected bodies. Yes, of, you're of right. Who died now- in previous wars. You're right, Doc. We, and we talked about it. Now, that, that was either Evil Has No Boundaries or The Antichrist, without, without actually referencing the lyrics. I, I, but but it, it was certainly, you know, one of our first couple of episodes, wasn't it? I really, really hope when we come to check on this, it turns out to be the one which you concluded was about a demon and another <laughs> demon. And another demon. Let's move on to the chorus, yeah. if we can, uh, because I can't, read the, I can't read the line, In Lord Satan We Trust, without without bursting into fits of giggles. Um, um, I need to make a reference to it. This. I would like to make a reference to it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, in this, um, where does this fall in the 
um, habit, apparent obligation that thrush bands seem to feel round about this point to put in some sort of disrespectful reference to the Constitution of the United States of America. Um, um, mm, yes, very interesting. So, I, I presume you're, you're, you're referencing Metallica, I imagine, and Justice for All. Metallica would have to be in there. Master um, is another band, isn't it? I, I pledge allegiance uh, to the flag. Pledge of it. Pledge of Allegiance by Master. Yeah, yeah. I pledge allegiance to the shit of the United States of America, I think is their line. There's this weird mini trend um, in thrash at the time. Um, I'm curious as to who started it um, and when it started. Um, it's obviously intimately connected with the rise of the new right um, mm. and neo-republicanism and the consolidation of Reagan's grip on power. Mm -hmm. Um but there's, you, you'll, you'll see it come up a lot that people seem to take the basic pattern of the black mass mm -hmm. and apply it to the US Constitution. Um, in a black mass, of course, you take a piece, a, a, a piece of Catholic litany um, and you make it blasphemous in some way, um, you know, typically by um, referring to the Virgin Mary as a whore um, or... <clears throat> um, saying dog instead of god or something yeah um, the, 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 a famous example that, 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 that i seem to remember there, there was like an inversion of the um the lord's prayer that started with with our bastard who fucks in heaven something like that something yeah I, that, that that would work yeah <clears throat> um so in thrash at the time um ironically because I think Thrash wanted to distance itself from Satanism in heavy metal because mm. it felt it was a bit silly. Mm -hmm. um, you have a great song here, which is clearly about some demons. Mm -hmm. um, and then you've, you've, you've got the sort of blasphemous take on, on, on part of the US Constitution. Yeah, but I, I think Slayer are a little bit of an exception because I think they, not only were they interested in the satanic imagery, they really kind of doubled down on it um so so i think you're right I, I, I think their contemporaries at the time you know the the likes of metallica megadeth anthrax in america in europe you would have had the likes of like sodom creator destruction i think those bands were trying to get away from the any any kind of reference to satanism or hell um, but I, I, I think Slayer went totally, the, the, totally the other way. Um, I, I, I mean, surely, as we will see when, when we get onto their their next album called Hell Awaits, you know. So, the, 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 you know, the, the, look at the cover of this album, um, you know, which is <laughs> the word Slayer in a in a big pentagram with a demon standing next to it <laughs> you know big, they, were, they were not afraid of, 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 of invoking satan absolutely not um that demon character because um, i mean a, a, another thing um obviously following <laughs> on from iron maiden um quite a lot of um i was going to say quite a lot i can only actually think of megadeth off the top of my head um I feel as though that the, there was a small trend for um, having a cover mascot. Sure, um, yes. Oyster also have one, I would say. Um, yeah. Yeah, who else? Yeah, that, 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 yeah, that's a really good point. You know, um, in, no, in Flames don't. No, the, 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 the three I can think of, yes, Maiden, um, 
yeah, Maiden, Megadeth, Oyster. They're the, they're the three that I can think that have kind of a like a character, consistent character on their covers. Sure. So I'm 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 just curious as to whether Mr. Goat-headed Demon holding a sword thingy on the cover of this album was 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 ever intended as some sort of cover mascot. Well, did, um, I think he comes back on the cover of Hell Away. So I think, I'm I'm pretty sure he's the he's the, he's kind of the 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 chief demon on 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 the on the cover of the next album. But then I think on from Rainy Blood onwards, no, he he goes away. Maybe maybe they thought it was. A bit silly, maybe. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get on to the chorus. Stalking the night, can't you feel I'm near? Watching each step that you take. I take lives and show all no mercy this this night. Attack those not knowing my force. It's gibberish, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's so badly written. It's it, it, it's almost it's almost beyond analysis, to be honest. I would say. But it does a bunch of interesting things here. Go on. Um, any like vague pretensions that there might have been to writing poetry have clearly got out of the oh, fucking God. window at this point. Yeah. Um, there's no rhyme. There's no meter. Um, I mean the. the being as, like stretching myself as far as I can at the absolute outer limits of modernist blank verse, mm-hmm. um, you might find something like this. Mm-hmm. Um, I would even be prepared to cut it some slack if it was written so that the meter fitted with the rhythm of the music that was being played. But when you listen to the track, it doesn't even do No, it doesn't. That. No, no, no. I mean, Tom really has to force the lines, doesn't he, to get them in. Yeah. Um, it, it, it doesn't scan at all. Um, in terms of the music, and uh, I mean, uh, I have nothing further to say about these the, these four lines, Doc. And I mean, unless you unless you can scrape something from them, stalking the night, can't you feel I'm near? Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, this 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 is a retread of the the exact same song we were talking about before. Um, you already know what this kind of stuff makes me think about. Um, talked about it once and did it better that time, so. For now, let's skip on. I'll revisit later. Let's go to verse two. Um, oh God, I'm already chuckling. Hang on, brothers, <laughs> brothers of the. Oh fuck me! How am I, honestly? How am I meant to get? How am I meant to do this with a straight face? Brothers of the Prince of Night, by bargains we have made, allies with the darkened souls, our legions we must save, fight for our eternal quest. God can't save you in time. Evil, st- evil stalks. <laughs> evil stalks the night with us. Your soul, it shall be mine. God bless you, Kerry King. I fucking love it, brothers of the Prince of Night. So, in my mind, there's a couple of black dudes wandering through New York. <laughs> you know, that's the image it, it puts into my head, man. Um, is the Prince of Night, um, is he the dopest, flyest OG pimp on the block? 
I imagine so. I imagine. I think he'd, he'd probably jive talking. It's jive talking as he stalks through the hood, man. Um, the Prince of Night. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, 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 I presume that's Satan, isn't it? I'm guessing. No, 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 no. no. I, I can't get this image now out of my head um, of this guy wearing a, a, a floor-length men's mink coat, um, <laughs> holding a black malacca cane with a silver top, possibly with a goat's head on it. Sure. Um, and um, a, a, a trilby hat, a droopy moustache that comes far down below um, his own jaw, um, with um, a couple of bitches hanging off each arm, um, and a great big ank-shaped coke spoon hung on a thick gold chain over his bare chest. And he definitely, definitely owns a limousine with white, with white wall tyres, there's no doubt about it. Our legions, we must save. What does that mean, Doc? Um, I'm going to have to get off this tack because the the black exploitation interpretation of this song is is, is just coming on far too powerful. It's, it, it, it's almost overwhelming, isn't it? To be honest. Yeah, I mean, I, I really want to say, um, our legions, we must save, um, is a reference to the. Um, sometimes in name only, sometimes a very real commitment that um, pimps and street hustlers had to the Nation of Islam or to the Black Power Movement. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, working the streets, we're selling drugs to Whitey um, to raise our legions um, out of squalor and oppression. I, 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 I need to jump off. I, I, I need to jump off this reading now. Um, I'll give you a full stop. What I'm going to do at this point, I'm going to drop in the theme from Shaft. Who's the black private dick that's a sex machine to all the chicks? You're damn right. Who is the man that would risk his neck for his brother, man? Can you dig it? Who's the cat that walk about when there's danger all about? Right on. They say this cat's shaft is a bad mother. I'm talking about shaft. He's a complicated man, but no one understands him but his woman. God yeah. can't um, save you in time. Evil stalks the night with us. Your soul, it shall be mine. Again, I mean, it's. I think we are finding a, a, a like a consistency, aren't we here, Doc? You know, Kerry King's lyrics are <clears throat> really difficult to actually mine for intellectual analysis because they because they are just so kind of blatant and bland, really. I mean. It works. It fits the music. I've got no problem, essentially, with the lyrics in terms of the context of the song, but actually trying to analyse them, it, it, it's tough. It's tough. It's, it, it's hard work. What do you think, Doc? Um, and then very, very occasionally, um, he'll come out with a line, um, and it, it might be idiot savantism. I mm. don't know. Um, it, it, it might be the genius of the stupid. Mm. that comes through on occasion. Um, but 
I mean, imagine if there was ever an interview and it turned out that, um, yes, the song was always meant to be about black nationalism. Sure. Um, wouldn't that be great? Mm. Um, I don't think it is. No. Um, there's another wonderful bit of an, in- of, of, of an intentional slayer mildness here. Um, <laughs> Go on. God can't save you in time. <laughs> yeah, in time. God can't you save you in time. <laughs> um, I, I mean, as if, if, if we were to understand any part of Christian doctrine um, or the New Testament at all, um, God is eternal. Um, his forgiveness knows no bounds. And his power of limit is, is is limitless. But apparently, on this occasion, God can't save you in time. I think the next line has one as well. Evil stalks the night with us, just with us. It's not. It's yeah. not stalking. Yeah. Just with us. It's just. It's cute. It's quite cute. You know. It's not stalking the night in general. It's just. Just with us. It's fine. You know. Don't worry about it. <laughs> very very good. Um, should we move on to verse three, Doc? I am missing your eyes. I am the menace in your eyes, the one you can't escape. Your life falls in my grasp. You know your end is near. You pray your God will help. His strength, no match for mine. Your last hope slips away. The soul begins to bleed. I tear your flesh to shreds, burn holes throughout your mind. Your eyes now filled with blood, a victim of my force. In endless agony, you realize your defeat. Recite my master's chants, your soul now his too keep it's a strange structure you know the, the, this verse lots and lots of lines effectively um i think there's some good stuff though burn holes throughout your mind i like that as an image definitely um i, I mean i suppose since we're really trying hard to find the positive mm-hmm. um and if we can't find the positive then find some fun mm-hmm. um the, this there's some good gory words. That yeah. there's, there's, there's some good adolescent Dungeons and Dragons stuff in here. Mm-hmm. Um, thy soul begins to bleed. It's a great line, um, isn't it? Thy no, soul it's... begins to bleed. That's a great line. I like it a lot. It contradicts everything I understand about classical Christian dualism, mm-hmm. um, which is obviously oriented around body, oblique stroke, soul. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, one would assume that the body is the thing that bleeds and the soul is therefore the thing that doesn't bleed. But it's a great line. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great line. Um, maybe it's evocative of, of, of Satan's actual power, that um, Satan can transcend the dualism, um, that... Um, a battle or a violent experience can cause your body to bleed, but only Satan can cause your soul to bleed. For me, it makes me think of, now, of course, this predates it by several years, but it really makes me think of the kind of speech that um, Pinhead gave in the, in the Hellraiser movies. Um, it's, it's got that kind of vibe to it for me, um, which works perfectly fine sure. for me. I te- you know, in Hellraiser, they say, we shall tear your soul apart. Here, I shall tear your flesh to shreds. 
you know your eyes now filled with blood it's all very visual very cinematic horrific you know proper horror images being but you know dancing around the, the the cerebellum of the of the listener i like it sure now here's a couple of questions um something for us to research um although you may well know off the top of your head were clive barker's books of blood out by now that's a really good question i think the books of blood is yeah 82 83 so the, 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 the kind of so. the same period exactly almost exactly the same time would i be correct in thinking that um clive barker was the books of blood and the hellbound heart um in particular were the origins of something we see an example of here and is kind of de facto in horror culture now but I think Clyde Barker originated that very um, SM take on, on horror and Satanism mm. that has sort of been inferred, particularly in European horror mm -hmm. um, before. Um, but I think Clyde Barker was the, the, the first person who explicitly equated the occult with very explicit, very identifiable fetishism and SM practice. And I'll tell you what's really interesting about that, Doc, um, your, 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 your kind of uh, train of thought here. You know, you, your obsession yeah. with kind of the homosexual panic in, in Slayer's lyrics kind of ties into that a little bit, doesn't it? You know, Clive Barker yes, it is, you know, a gay man who, who happened to write, um, you know, for my mind, probably the, you know, the best horror that's ever been written, really. Um fetishization um of horror um very 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 interesting connection that you've made there that I, that I hadn't previously thought of and in fact if you look at the way that Kerry King dressed <coughs> in like 81 82 83 when they were you know when they were first touring to be honest with you he could not look more gay if he tried, I'm sure that wasn't his intention. Clone Zone effectively sold his costume on stage. Fabulous, you know. So you, 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 you've got me thinking about these lyrics in a way that I, 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 I never previously would have. Sure, and uh, you you led me to it. You sort of raised the subject of Hellraiser. Mm. Um, so I, I've sort of got you. If if I'm correct in any way about this, um, the essence of a great deal of Clive Barker's fiction is approximately along, along the lines of, um, once you are subjected to an experience which um, instinctively you believe to be abhorrent, mm -hmm. um, you may quickly learn how rewarding and enlightening that experience can be. Mm -hmm. um, and I think I'm gonna kind of rest my case on the subject of homosexual panic there. Yeah, no, no, it, it, it's really, really, really interesting stuff. Um, a victim of my force. I mean, again, this is this is kind of like a like an underpowered line, isn't it? Really, a victim of my force. It's it's it, 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 I don't think that line is as strong as you know as Kerry wants it to be. Um, Recite my master's chants. Your soul now is to keep. So the chants, I presume, you know, the, the, these would be kind of demonic incantations. 
Um, the, the purpose of which would be would be what? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm never sure what the purpose of demonic incantations is. <laughs> One would assume to, uh, to, 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 summon, um, to summon a demon, um, mm. but within the narrative, um, there's no need to do that because the demon's already picked you out, the demon's sure. already stalked you, mm-hmm. um, uh, the victim has already made you a victim of his force. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, whatever um, that means. I think we can probably bend our imaginations to. I think we can probably bend our imaginations to sort of think about <laughs> what becoming a victim of force uh, <clears throat> might mean. Um, yes, yes. In, I, don't, I, I, I think I take your meaning, in, there, Doc. In endless agony, no less. Well, yeah, of apparently, course. only the first. Few, apparently, only the first few times. Yeah, that's right. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> Absolutely, it gets easier once you get used to it. Uh, it, it it's fine. Yeah, um, like any other extreme sport or strenuous exercise, it hurts the first few times. Uh, just like my master's chance, uh, just reminds me of. I'm pretty sure it's it's a line from Celtic Frost, um, and it's recite the words. Of, no, chant the cause of pandemonium and recite the words of spell. <laughs> They're two of my right. favourite lines ever. You're quite right. So much so that I need to, God bless I need to repeat Frost. them now. We, we fucking love them. <laughs> I'm kind of done talking about the lyrics. I, I, I don't think they're very good. Um, I, I, I think they kind of serve a purpose. I don't think they're terrible. I do, I think, I think the last Kerry King um, scribed lyrics were far worse. I think this is a little bit of a step up, um, but it still feels very, you know, 15-year-old boy writing about demons and Satan. Demons. With, yeah, you know, with, with, with no real, with no real insight, with no real, you know, no real sense of drama, or imagination, it's okay. Um, what I'm rapidly coming to realise is that even, or no, all but the very weakest of Slayer lyrics um, will reveal something to you um, if you look at them hard enough. Mm. If you stretch your own imagination a bit um, and possibly stretch your own imagination beyond what was ever intended to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm essentially a postmodernist in my approach to criticism of any form of literature or linguistic expression and I think you will end up taking far more of yourself away from any interpretation of anything you try to bring mm-hmm. than you will get close to discovering what the authorial intent was mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Susan um, Hill the, the author Susan Hill once said, um, you know, I wrote the stories. I don't know what they're about. That's up to you to decide. And I, and I totally agree. We're running a bit long, Doc. Shall we, shall we move on? Welcome to part four of Slaytanic Vercast. Here, we just offer our final thoughts and summations and discuss anything we might have inadvertently missed along the way but before we do that some details writing credits here music by mr kerry king lyrics by mr kerry king set list tells us 
This song has been played by Slayer no less than 170 times live, putting it in 42nd position. Now, there's a bit of a story to this, Doc, which is a little bit interesting. They stopped playing it at, have a guess where, the Seagull in Essex, in Maryland. Maryland. You got it, yeah. But... Then they picked it back up again in 2005. They then played it consistently throughout 2005, 2006, 2007. Then it disappeared again until 2019 when they played it as part of their farewell tour. So an interesting journey for this track, live-wise, I would say, Doc. Um, and a bit of a surprise one for me because we yeah. we, we, were, we were reaching the conclusion, are we not, that that show uh, at the Seagull Inn in Essex, Maryland, um, was very very pivotal, very mm-hmm. very important mm-hmm. um, in Slayer's career, and it appears to have drawn a bunch of lines under a bunch of stages. Mm-hmm. Um, that piece of information has sort of undermined the conclusion mm. we were leaning towards earlier on in this show, um, which is we sort of thought it was possible to regard this track. Um, as we thought it was possible to regard the previous track as an uh, analogy to that style and mm-hmm. this track um, as uh, a debut um, for the next style. Um, but to my somewhat surprise, this track appears to have stopped being played um, at the same evidently very important live show mm-hmm. that a bunch of other tracks stopped being played as well. Correct. Um, and we shall see where that leads us um, because obviously the next track we'll be listening to will be off the next album. No, it will not, Doc. The next track we'll be listening to will be off the EP that came between the two albums. The EP is called Haunting the Chapel. You're absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. Um, this will be thematically very interesting for me because um, in lots of stuff I listen to, you will often find that there is a very, very jarring change in style between um, two albums that a Mm. band produces. Mm. Um, And then much later on, you'll discover that there was um, a little known or not widely redistributed EP, um, four track or six track track album Mm -hmm. that came in between them that um, kind of, in the worst case, either smooths the transition or, in the very best cases, explains the transition. Well, I mean, what's interesting about Haunting the Chapel, it, I mean, it, it, it kind of uh, fits your description exactly. You know, as, as a young man, you know, I had Show No Mercy on vinyl and on cassette. I had Hello Waits on vinyl and cassette, Rain in Blood vinyl cassette. I could not find for love nor money a vinyl or cassette version of haunting the chapel unless i was prepared to pay you know exorbitant prices um of course you know the 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 internet age has changed all of that and everything is is now available for nothing effectively um but yes certainly haunting the chapel was the thing the release that slayer put out that almost no Slayer fan actually had a copy of. Sure. Um, and I mean, that's very, very, very far from being unique mm-hmm. um, in those days. There was very often a, a lost EP um, that was only on a very short run. 
in some cases, never even released in the, in the UK. Sure. Sure. Um, um, so, anything to say about this uh, this track before we, uh, you know, be be before we put the scores on the doors? What do you think, Doc? It's a good song. Mm. Um, never be my favourite. Uh, never be my favourite Slayer song. Mm. Um, I mean, it's yeah, it's fine. Um, mm -hmm. It's better than fine. It's good. Mm. Um, and. I would like to award it. Um, I would like to award it six swords. Well, six swords. Yeah, not quite as generous as, as, as I expected, to be honest. Um, but 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 I do understand your rationale. Um, for me, <clears throat> it is it's an interesting song because it is a, like a forebearer of what is to come. I think once we get yeah. into Hellawaits. I think you you will have a greater understanding of why this this song seems kind of important. Also, it has an echo of a future album, which is way down the pike, way down the pike, um, which is Divine Intervention. Divine Intervention. The last track on Divine Intervention is called Mind Control, which is also written exclusively by Kerry King and is very similar in terms of the fact that it is, you know, unlike most of the rest of the album, it is just a straight ahead balls out thrash speedathon. Um so so the, 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 the I find this song interesting. I liked it quite a lot. Um I've you know I, I poked Is mind control also a Robin Cook book? Mind control. <laughs> it would. It should be. If it is not, it certainly should be. Um, I like it. I, I like it. I like it quite a lot. Of course, I poke fun at the lyrics, um, but that, you know, really, that is inconsequential. I'm going to give it eight Mo's mutilated schools out of ten. Pretty generous, I feel. I liked it. I liked it, Doc. That is a good um, okay, that about does it for this episode. Don't forget to contact us on Twitter at Vercast or on email at slaytanicvercast at gmail.com. Join us next time. Next time in the manner of a 60s ITC or Century 21 television programme. <clears throat> um, we're going to have a, uh, an end of season slot. Um, so our season, our season runs for 11 episodes. Um, we only have enough material for 10 episodes. So um, we're going to have a clip show, um, which will be effectively us ruminating on the album as a whole. Stuff we've changed our minds about since listening to each song. Mm -hmm. um, stuff we have reinforced our opinions about. Mm -hmm. And things that have become apparent in the light of discussing really quite intently one track after another, after another, after another. There will be some repetition um, because we'll be recapping some themes that we've done already. Um, we hope there'll be new stuff. Um, and the point of the exercise really is to come to, the, come, come to a conclusion about the album as an album, mm -hmm. as distinct from a set of songs. That's right, because that's a different thing, isn't it? You know, we, we, we've gone track from we've gone track by track, and now we're going to look at it as, as 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 a whole piece, basically. At the end of which, 
me and the doc are going to have a lovely big kiss. I'm really looking forward to it, doc. I can't wait. How about you? Um, I always look forward to human contact. Um, and uh, with the correct use of battery acid, mm -hmm. it might not even taste too bad. Don't worry. Don't worry, doc. I've got, I've got the peg for the nose and I have the required lemon juice for the tongue. I look forward to kissing you next time. Take care, Doc. Bye-bye. See you later. Bye-bye.